Welcome to another episode with Ripe with Wisdom. Our second guest, our man Nate. As you all know, our co-host Jose and Mix. And today we are joining you with. I mean, I'll let my buddy Nate talk to you about it because he's the beer expert. <laughs> We're not drinking wine this episode. Yeah, but. It's like bringing me in just to do the beer thing. Like, oh yeah, bring the beer to, guy in. He knows what's going on. Dude, this is who I call. <laughs> a little dry Fontainen in here. <laughs> Delicious a little Belgian lambic, super tasty. A mix of raspberries and cherries. Delicious. <clears throat> it's definitely a sour, and this is the kind of beer I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Same. This is what got me back into beers. It's, uh, it's like a really, I don't know, it's like a learned mm-hmm. taste. Like you have to learn to love it for a lot of people, but there's some people that just take to it. Yeah. First time I ever had a sour, I was like, I'm into it. Let's do it. I think for me, I realized that uh, I like beers that are kind of like wine that have yeah. some acidity. And I'm like, yeah, so I think that's why I like sours. The gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is the gateway for sure. <laughs> Next thing you know, like you'll be crushing IPAs, pressing the can on your head. <laughs> yeah. It all started with sours, man. <laughs> also, full disclosure, before we officially begin, it's going to be a special episode because Nate was part of the landmark 2020 harvest. Oh, party. yeah. 2020. Bring it we back. All, where yeah. we all met, so... Mm-hmm. You know, it really is a reunion as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're only down one, but she's in LA. You're not gonna get her. She's True. not coming back. <laughs> she's lost in LA. I don't blame her. I, yeah, I, I lived there, grew up, so it's easy to get. I mean, I'd rather be out here, you know. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah. Even still, follow her on TikTok. She's got quite the following. Oh, uh, Caroline, where are you at? Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Hey. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, Nate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, where did you grow up? Oh, God, this is a... Yeah. Like, we're getting straight into the interview yeah, portion. I mean, yeah. like, tell us about yeah. yourself. So, Tell uh, us about yourself. What's your strengths yeah. and weaknesses? <laughs> How do you think you should get paid for this job? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I grew up in Oregon. I was born here, born in Northern California, down South Bay, Cupertino, and then moved from there up to Oregon. My family lived in Bend, Oregon, right down smack dab in the middle there. Most mm-hmm. of my time growing up from there, moved around a lot. Went to college first for a couple of years, joined the military, ended up all over the country, all over the world, been a little bit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Lots of time in the Middle East, a little bit of time in Europe, Lots of time East Coast, spent yeah. five years living in Connecticut before I moved back to California. But, you know, we all circle back to the West Coast eventually. So yeah, here exactly. I am. Respect, man. We all return back home. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. the Godfather, just when you're out, brings you right back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and respect to all our veterans and people yeah. serving out there in all the military branches. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're here today enjoying yeah. this uh, fine beer. Thanks for exactly. protecting us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to those guys. Way to go. Yeah. Thanks for sweating it out <laughs> out there in the desert. Really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting that cargo ship go through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. That brought these direct imports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I know anyone out there right now. It's been so long since I've been in. I don't know what the rotation is, but I used to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I could call out somebody that's there right now. Yeah. Didn't she used to work at Travis? Yeah, Air I Force Base. Yeah. I did. Like right after I moved here, I got a contractor job at Travis, and I was down there. Uh, I was like the training liaison contractor. Every time you're a contractor for the military, they're basically just paying you to do nothing. So mm. I'm sitting there at a desk all day with my little computer, and they'd be like, "Hey, uh, Lieutenant So and So needs to go do his uh, first aid course. Can you sign him up for that?" And be like, I want it, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're signed up for 8.30 tomorrow morning. See ya. 
<laughs> I love it. And I got paid for that. Exactly. Make sure, the, make sure the big boss is CC'd. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah every time. Exactly. <laughs> you got to prove you're doing something. Yeah. Mm. They'd be like, Nate, what are you doing back there? And I'm like, closing tabs. Like, Nothing. <laughs> After 10 years in the military, and like, expect you to work. I remember the, the older guys that were also contractors, they'd swing by and they'd be like, oh, stop working so hard. You're making us look bad. Like, we're all trying to sit here and do nothing. So, stop working so hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love it. Can you man. relax a little? <laughs> You're hitting it too hard. And, uh, like, our boss that was there, he got a <gasps> Tesla. And he'd be like, you guys want to go out and run the Tesla? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So we just go out cruising in Fairfield. Like Touch the panel. Ripping it in between Fairfield and Sassoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, this uh, is my Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, yes. I will ride in the Tesla. <laughs> uh, I know my little brother had me test drive one time for him. He was still underage. They wouldn't let him test drive. He said, can you test drive for me? I was like, all right. <laughs> I guess. I'll punch it on the freeway. <laughs> so I had that job too when I was a kid. I worked at a, a car dealership growing up. And this car dealership was a Ford and Mazda dealership. But they seemed to get just about a little bit of everything in there. And one day, like, yo, we got a cop car contract. So we need to uh, redo the fans on these cop cars. These cop cars are like getting too hot they need to have new fans put in them because they're doing high-speed pursuits and the cars are overheating i'm like okay mm -hmm. cool whatever i'm a porter at that time which means i pulled the cars into the bays and then pulled them out and took them for test drives to make sure that they were okay right mm -hmm. so they put the fan in this cop car i pull it out and my boss comes up and he's like all right here's what i need you to do i need you to go take this cop car and i need you to run it pretty fast because mm -hmm. that's what we're doing that's, here, yeah. you know. Like we gotta test run limits. It. We gotta run it fast because yeah. we gotta make sure it'll do it for a high speed pursuit. They're, you're in a cop car though, so no one's gonna stop you. Mm -hmm. Nobody's worrying about you. <laughs> that didn't stop me from like I'm going between Bend and this little town called Tumalo. I'm driving out and I'm like riding right up on people. They're like, oh shit, yeah. backing it off real fast. <laughs> Eventually, everybody gets over and I just hammered it down like. <laughs> I got like 110. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, slow oh, down, shit. slow down, slow down. I remember I got back, had this huge smile on my face, and they're like, how fast do you take it? Like 75, 80? It's like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it works. You're like, I, I will not uh, answer that question in specific yeah. numbers. <laughs> Checks off. <laughs> High school age me was just thrilled. Meet standard limitations. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If I told you it was above 75, just know I tested it. Uh, <laughs> I definitely did that. Yeah. <laughs> After that, they're like, no, no more cop cars for you. You only get to drive the post office vans. Dang. Which is still kind of fun because you can yeah. like, open the door and you're yeah. like, the rocks are spitting at you. <laughs> <laughs> Driving on the wrong side. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, got some good job experiences. Yeah. What the brought you into the beverage industry or what? Uh, mm hmm what got you away from the military contract industry? Like It's life. a weird old story. It was like, I end up, so I end up chasing a girl out here. That didn't work out, obviously, because it never does. <laughs> end up chasing a girl out here. I'm working as a contractor. <laughs> young birds out there. Yeah. yeah. Young folks take note. Don't chase a girl out to California. Or do. It's kind of, it pretty fun. You end up yeah. It's like you, you're, you're, you still got an experience either way. I mean, <laughs> I mean it worked out, right? It worked out for me. I'm a happy camper now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> My man. Yeah, I end up chasing this girl out here. I'm working as a contractor. It's just not not working for me, mm -hmm. kind of bouncing back and forth. Eventually, I'm like, you know what? I really love my photography. I really love videography. It's always something I've had a lot of passion for. So 
I start my own business and I start taking photos and videos for a bunch of different wineries. I lived in Sonoma at the time because that's where the girl lived at. Had no clue what Sonoma was. Like I'd never been to Sonoma. I'd never really done the wine country thing. I didn't even really drink wine. I remember I helped somebody open a bottle with a shoe once and I thought I was the coolest person <laughs> ever. Nice. Oh yeah, you told us that story. It was the barefoot, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It works. Yeah. Not well, but it works. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about wine industry. And I just, I'm like, you know what? Every one of these people needs social media photos, every single one of them. Cause they all have social medias and they all suck. Mm -hmm. So every one of them needs social media photos. I'm just going to go ply my wares and start, you know, hitting people up. I was cold calling. I was just showing up at wineries, my camera, like, Hey, I took these photos. Do you want one of these photos? Will you pay me for it? Can I come back mm -hmm. and do this again? And that's how it started. It grew from there. I had a couple like pretty decent clients, you know, a few clients up and down the valley, a couple people in Napa. And then the, Hell yes. the pandemic hit and nobody wanted the, the rando on the, on the winery anymore. Yeah. After uh, that, everybody was like, everybody stay away. Yeah. Nobody wanted the freelancer anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure wine country was real quiet out here during that time. Yeah. Very quiet. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. But I mean, from there, Again, with the weird experience, I'm jumping straight into it. I went from being, you know, running my own solo thing to like, okay, let's go be a safari guide at the safari park. I'm going to go learn about rhinos and giraffes mm -hmm. and drive around and like talk to people. About, hey, you know, there's a rhino right there. And like, don't look, don't look at the ostrich funny. It'll come up and peck at you. Mm -hmm. Still does. Hate those birds. Don't stare it in the eye. Because <laughs> you only stare it in one eye or on either side of their head. <laughs> That you learn about the ostriches then and there, huh? You have to. Yeah. They're like, you have to get cleared to go out and handle or wrangle the ostriches. Because, like, you'll be driving up in the big old trucks. And like you drive these, like, big, gnarly trucks. And you drive up to the, there's a gate, a fenced gate. And you have to go out there, open the gate, drive the truck through, close the gate behind you. But you'll drive a truck up, and these ostriches are curious as hell. So they come up to you. And, you know, their brain is the size of, like, a peanut. They're super <laughs> dumb. But you get there and you pull up and there's ostriches immediately right by the gate. So you can't get out and they don't want to leave because they're dumb and they just want to sit there and like peck at you. <laughs> so you have to call someone on the radio. You're like, I need someone to come wrangle the ostrich. And it's all fun and games until they tell you why you can't do it. And like, oh yeah, if you piss off that ostrich, it's got the fastest kick on the planet and this big center claw that would basically just disembowel you. I'm like... Okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not messing with the ostrich anymore. I think I'm just gonna stay in the truck. Give it, a, give it its space. Yeah, we're still there. This is, that's yeah. that's nature for you. Yeah. Metal as hell. I still, gotta, I still gotta go check out Safari Wise. Dude, you should yeah. do it. They just had a baby rhino. Do they got a wine? Can you take wine on the? the yeah, yeah. they right. have a special tour called Winos and Rhinos. <laughs> yeah, you just hang out in the back and drink wine. Science, science, I yeah. love that thing. Yeah, I'm definitely a wino. So. <laughs> I've driven my fair share of drunk people around the back. They're the best. They're having so much fun. They, they tip probably well tip too. well. Yeah, yeah. I was about to mm. say. <laughs> at the very end, they're like, "Here, just take this." Thanks for dealing with our drunk. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Do you still go out there and check <laughs> it out? <laughs> so expensive. That's just like the one things it's so expensive to do like, i wish i could i still know people that work there so i could probably like call buddy mm -hmm. get me in to see the baby rhino yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on down <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm still curious how in elementary school I got to see Safari West because I mean I was a kid, but like yeah, it, it was cool. Fundraising. Did they that's take the you? only yeah. time I like I've ever been there. So Did they take you on the big bus tour. I don't even remember. It was so long. I just remember I was there. I hated doing those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did it all throughout the summer, right? It's like a like a school bus that they chop the sides off of, and there's big rails on the side. So like they have to get six guides, like three on each side, and you're walking and the the big van will be driving and it'll stop oh, and you have to like shit. talk to the kids look over there that's a one of the antelope there's a ton of them mm-hmm. they've got cool looking horns look at aren't the horns cool and then i keep running next to the bus the whole time you're just sweating bullets and the kids are like ah, ha, 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 he's <laughs> i'm trying not to get killed <laughs> i still want to die in here these animals are yeah. big <laughs> I'm out here surviving while chasing the bag while dealing with all of you. (laughs) All this while, like, the giraffe comes down and gives you big old giraffe kisses. Everyone's like, oh, that's so cute. The giraffe gave you kisses. She loves you. I'm like, no, her breast smells like cud, man. She's been chewing that same thing four or five different times. It's gross. (laughs) Don't be fooled. Giraffe kisses aren't as cute as you think. So I take it you were a little fed with the about with the animals and the tourists. You know, it just didn't pay the rent. Couldn't pay mm, the bills. True. That's the worst part. It just didn't pay the bills. So out there, just kind of looking, searching, finding for something. I'm like, you know what? Let's work a harvest. Like if I could get pictures and video, at least I can work a harvest and see what that's all about. So I got hired at Landmark as the pickle guy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, we heard this this local kid. We're just calling him the pickle guy because he makes pickles. Yeah, he lives around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, you were the pickle guy. Yeah. Oh, and you drove his scooter. Oh, I love that thing. That's what, that's <laughs> yeah. what we remember. Oh, I just remember he ferments pickles. <laughs> I remember Brad saying that. Come in like day one, ripping in on my e-bike like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> My name's Nate. I'm almost 30, and I'm here to ride my cool little scooter around and make wine. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Pretty much everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think I, back then I was a snobby wine geek that wasn't drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like two years no drinking beer till I met you fellas. Yeah. You snapped me out of that shit. It's like, no, man, you gotta. It's too hot out here for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank all y'all for that. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Those double mass days, Mm -hmm. fire plus COVID, double masked up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Those are some crazy times. We need the extra water, the lower ABV, you know, for those long Mm -hmm. days. We got like the normal bottles when we were in Harvest. Now, for the last, I don't know, it was like six months, they get the big one liter bottles of Fiji water there. Oh, like, yeah. Why didn't we have these for harvest? Like, I'm dying out yeah. there. Yeah. It's hot. Honestly. <clears throat> like, over here getting the little mini bottles, chugging them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. You like count how many you'd get at the end of the day? Like, damn. <laughs> It'd be like Howard Hughes and just pee in each one of them. Like, oh, yeah, that's how hard I met it that day. That was a good day. <laughs> so, tell the guests out there any positive experience from that harvest? Anything you'd pass on to somebody wanting to work a harvest? I mean, like, it's all a positive experience. I would say 110% it's a positive experience. Everyone should do it. Did it suck, though? You know it sucked. It was, like, the worst. Pretty restless. Yeah. Well, I mean, also that year, it was pretty shitty. (laughs) Oh, God. With, like, the heat, the fire, COVID, like, nasty, nasty smoke everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was a tough year to be out there, but 
you definitely learn a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like I got most of my wine knowledge, or at least a good portion of it, from that little mm-hmm. few month experience. Exactly. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carried it straight in, going into mm-hmm. the, jumping over to the other side of the house and being a keyboard commander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only did it like fast forward my wine knowledge, but it's also like jump started me into that whole role of production and wine growing and wine making. So, yeah. Gotta love that first harvest. That shit will either make or break you. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, everyone should work one. Is it fun? <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fun? It's all perspective, I guess. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people having fun there. I was just telling a harvest story the other day. I was out back. And there's that, there's like those four porta tanks back there. And I remember that I was like real deep into one of the little porta tanks and I was there scrubbing it, cleaning it out. And then JR, the safety guy, he like rolled up, rolled in, and I'm not supposed to be in there without the harness and the O2 meter, even though it's a tiny little porta tank. Uh-huh. And I was just like silent, trying not to move because the second I moved, it's like, <laughs> makes a huge sound. <laughs> yeah. JR's going to catch me. <laughs> I escaped that day. Yeah. I had him supervisor hide behind the tank. certification. He was just shadowing me. Yeah. He's like, yo, why don't you go for high? I'm like, all right. He's like, mm, don't you think it's a little uh, a little too high? I'm like, you know what? That's a good that's a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, safety safety first. Yeah. Jeez. Remember when we had to climb barrels, man? Yeah, I still have pictures of my phone on that. Yeah. It's fun, but it's also like at the wrong place, you don't want to climb barrels. At yeah. the right place, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's there's actually but even some then, spots like, where it's like, oh, even yeah. then, I feel like every winery should have the ladder in between the barrels. Like, yeah, just do that for your, or for that your janky one. <laughs> or, um, goes back and yeah. we just got a new one. No way, yeah, dude. Yeah. How many years have they had that other one? They're probably like rocking that since 1976. <laughs> but, uh, I've also seen wineries where they have like, uh, like where you can like repel and the kind of yeah, yeah, like um, at a ridge, right? Yeah, ridge has ridge. like harnesses and stuff like they that. Do. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if Corison had it somewhere else had it, but mm-hmm. yeah, they do all their tops and you kind of raise them. Don't nah. disturb the barrels. <laughs> just do that whole thing with the like, just buy a button these days. Just like pop out the laptop, and, like top that one, please. Yeah, top yeah. that one next. <laughs> 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 that's the way we're going we're all getting replaced yeah computers mm-hmm. are doing it no i mean it, it's silver oak they have tank net and uh especially during the fires when the fires were right next to the facility like my mom didn't even show up to work she would just yeah. do the topping over the over the laptop like online and just tell the the uh, pumps to turn on you know i remember her telling us that story when we were there i still it sticks in my head i'm like you can do that shit on a laptop now you don't need yeah. to do it but then we're up there, you know, five stacks high or six stacks high. Like, <laughs> fucking scared. Yeah. They're on. starting to get uh, automatic irrigation for vineyards now. Oh, damn. But it's super complicated, expensive. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice. But like, like you said, you just turn on irrigation from home. Yeah. Make sure all your blocks get irrigated on a timer. Yeah. Well, I mean, Silver Oak also kind of has that automated barrel topping too. That whole line, right? That is just like you don't have to that climb barrels barrel. or anything. It just like time. does it itself. So nice. <laughs> that shit is sweet. Dude, yeah, that, is that shit yeah. is sweet. You're like, I don't gotta do it. What to barrels? Oh, psh. now for the vineyard stuff, the stuff I've been reading mm-hmm. about recently that's really cool is they're trying to make like 
drones, right? And they have mm. a little army of drones that come up and they just buzz in between the vineyard rows and they put little trackers or sensors every so often and the drone will go, it'll read what's happening off the tracker, the sensor, and it'll go again, read what's happening off the tracker and sensor if they've got like, oh yeah, we've got an infestation or, you know, we need to put a little bit more water here or mm. leaves aren't looking as good here and it'll just pick up on the drone send it straight back to the computer, then you know, like, okay, I got to go there, there, and there. Take a look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Miguel, you were talking about that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what, just sensors in the field yeah. and stuff? Yeah. I mean, the more sensors you have, the more you know about what's going on generally. Yeah. And then from there, you can be like, oh, let me as a viticulturist spend my time more efficiently yeah. by going to the places that actually need my attention. You got, like, thermal maps to see how dry spots <clears throat> are. Yeah. You got Vigor maps, you can see what's lacking. Go check your water lines. Yeah. Go check your vines, maybe give them better fertilizers or extra attention. The hardest part is just getting people to buy into it and actually do exactly. it. Like this is the slowest industry to adapt to technology really, I've ever really, been in. I've seen it yeah. firsthand and I'm like, these are all great technologies, but who's going to do it? I don't think no one's going to do it. Yeah, so. people just like the old ways. People like the old ways. <laughs> yeah. Can't be mad at it. Like. We live across the bay from like the new hotness. Everything out there is like yeah. the nicest, newest technology. And we're like, nope, that's not what we're doing. We're going to pick them by hand this time. We're still going to use pencil and paper to write down everything. <laughs> you guys got a slide roll I can use? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we know how to use a slide roll. <laughs> and then you know what's the best is when those devices, the new technologies crash, then they're just like... See, you could have just used that. <laughs> well, Would have been easier. Like, want to go bump out the slide rule? I'll teach you something here, kid. Yeah. You know, when you don't have that, you can always go back to this. Always mm. works. Like, you know, if you're really in a bind, you can go out to the barrel room. There's an abacus out there, too. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> well, never failed me. Don't need electricity. <laughs> like, yeah. I got a paper and pen for you. Here you go. Yes, sir. Mm. Off we go. Uh, well, speaking of new technologies, Jesse was saying that you've been using AI for like writing stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm the one. It's uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people have been writing about mm -hmm. it recently. You see, like a lot of different industry mm -hmm. publications and whatnot, and they'll put in like what AI can do for you for your winery. Like, I wrote an article for a Wine Industry Advisor, and I was like, not just what AI can do for mm -hmm. you. This is what it can do, and this is how you do it. And I've kind of, you know, piecemealed that out a little bit. Like, this is mm. how you do it. This is how you use it. And ChatGPT is like magic. You can sit there. I have a single chat that I've been working on or working through for maybe three months now, I would say. And I just, I trained it to write material that our winery would put out for like an email, for a social posts, anything like that. Like, okay, you know feeding all this information into it, feeding all the emails we've done prior, feeding all the social posts we've done prior, just so it kind of gets the gist of how mm -hmm. everybody writes and how those look on a generic way. And then you just, I don't know, I told like, hey, I need 15 ideas for marketing emails that'll go out in the next month. We're going to send, you know, maybe three a week. Two of them are going to be member focused. One of them is going to be non-member focused. And Amazing. it just, Doom, 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 doom. It lists them out so fast. Like, that would have taken me all day to think of mm. that. That's actually pretty insane. That's yeah. really cool. Because then at that point, you're just like, think about how much time you just saved not having to write a word dog. Like, right? Mm -hmm. They were doing it just the other day. So, like, they're planning already for the fall club. And there's an insert that we put in the fall club that 
it's kind of like this little newsletter for lack of a better term. It's got a little, you know, usually something like a recipe comparative, maybe a little story in there. It's a little stale. We've been doing the same thing over and over again. And every time they get in those meetings, I always talk to people there in those meetings. They're like, yeah, we just sit there on the meeting and stare at each other and like, Hey, do you guys have any ideas for what we should do this time? Yeah. Uh, you want to do another recipe with the wine again? <laughs> what goes really well with Pinot too? Yeah. Try another blend, right? Like <laughs> another oh. pairing. Let's we'll see. Mm. We've already run through this already. So, like, do we do it again? Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should talk about glasses this time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, like, they were in the middle of that meeting, and I could hear the tasting manager talking in there, and they're just like that same thing, just sitting there staring at one another on the computer screen, like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And I just happened to have ChatGPT open. I'm like, give me 15 ideas for what we could put in our newsletter for you know the upcoming fall shipment make it fall themed and make it themed for members only and it's like do 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 and i just sent it to her on teams i was like how about these boom and she sent it into their group chat and they were like how did you write this beforehand like how long did you work on this and she was like oh no Nate sent it to me he got it from chat gpt just a second mm. ago <laughs> what <laughs> i feel like the south park episode right now everybody's like it's all clicking like wow yeah. it worked huh <laughs> work smarter not harder exactly. right mm. <laughs> then you trained it finish top that off bro because I, I, we're moving on to beer number two for the audience yeah i know so i know like exactly there. i know it kind of hurts we could have got mm. another glass for you i think we have some. i know it was a pretty good beer but we're moving on to beer two if you want to talk to the guys explain this one we got a little degard out of oregon delicious wild ale Another sour. Riesling grapes, though. Aged in oak barrels for three years. Yeah, three years of age on it before it even goes in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Tillamook, which is on the coast of Oregon. Famous for cheese. Oh, the Tillamook yeah. cheese. Yeah. The yeah. good stuff. Tastes kind of band-aid-y. <laughs> Band-aid-y? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that yeasty. Mm, yeasty, yeah. But it's also things like the Riesling grapes give it a little yeah. funkiness to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. And then but it also has some, uh, oh, no, that's the other one. I, I thought I had, like, lemon zest. I, I had a sour of theirs, and I had, like, some lemon zest. Yeah. They make great sours. They really do. Like, mm. yeah, a couple bangers there. Both of those are really good. But no, dude, ChatGPT, it's the new thing. It's yeah. going to be the thing. Once they get AutoGPT right. work into where it's, like, user-friendly and you can just mm. set it and forget it, like, I want to give my AutoGPT three things I need to do today. Like, hey, I need you to reconcile the inventory. I need you to write three emails, and I need you to respond to the emails that come in. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, it's just going to do it. Like, all right, I'm going to put my feet up. Cool. Mm. I'm going to go work on my garden. Okay. Yeah. Here's, here's <laughs> something crazy. just from, like, thinking from the technical side of how you execute, like, the work that you're doing how do you feed the past things you've done from like you know you said you insert things landmark has put out and stuff like that you've fed it how do you feed that do you literally say hey look at this post at this time or i, I print it out on the printer and then i put it into the, into the cd drive slot uh-huh. and it reads it from the cd drive slot uh-huh. and then it, it it does it from there. No. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how, how does it get fed in, you know? I just copy-paste it into there. Yeah? Like, like the links to them? No, I'd like the actual physical text. I put it in there. Okay, so you just copy-paste the text, and you mm-hmm. said, we've done this. Physical and text from emails. Get this post, get the physical text, and say, we've done that. And yeah. Then, 
It's like love it created this yeah. fucking entity for the because I'm like yeah. there's a literal because I've used Chat GPT and so I'm just wondering like how you I've never used actually it. fed it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, it's an interesting engine it. for yeah. sure it, it's yeah. uh, I need to start training mine well I mean like a lot of search engines now are like Google and stuff like that they're starting to use AI too I was one of the first ones to get the Bing AI yeah. for yeah what is it Microsoft Edge mm-hmm. which felt totally wrong to me like i have been google chrome for a really really long yeah. time and i'm like i'm switching over to edge that feels <laughs> weird like what am i back to internet explorer now yeah <laughs> no no i switched over to it and it's awesome like, mm-hmm. i find that i use search a lot less and the bing ai a lot more mm-hmm. it's like for search you know i'm gonna hey what's the address or the phone number for this place and you know i have to go okay it's going to give me a list of things and i have to go to their website pull it up try to search through it but you ask the bing ai like hey what's the address for such and such i need to send a bottle there and it's like the address for such and such is done right there i'm gonna change like wine studies like yo what's the you know wine region that this producer yeah I mean, it's passed three of the sommelier tests so Holy far. Shit. It passed basic sommelier. Intro, certified, and probably advanced. Yeah, it passed what up to advanced. It did intro, certified, mm-hmm. and advanced, all the written portion. And it got... Probably W tests too out there, too. Yeah. It was indistinguishable from a human at that point. Mm-hmm. And it never has tasted a sip of wine. That's crazy. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Well, what what I crazy. find interesting is, like, well, what happens if you put a glass in front of it? Like, at that point... Then it becomes interesting. Mm-hmm. That was something I actually pitched. Um, I read about it, and it was doing a virtual tasting with an AI wine guide. Uh-huh. So, like, even if it's wrong, it's hilarious. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, got, yeah. he got it wrong. He said it was a white, but it was red. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to train it enough, like, okay, we're going to taste these three wines, and you're going to give the tasting notes and whatnot, and you just have somebody with a keyboard, and like, okay, what would you like to ask the mm. wine guide? And like, where did this wine come from? Where's the region? What's mm. the varietal? And it's just list it all out for you. Double down if you get uh, an AI voice generator too, and you have it generate a voice. I'm like, oh yeah, I want a famous person, a celebrity, to be my wine guide. Boom, right there. You have celebrity mm-hmm. voices. You can do it. Nice. Damn. That kind of interesting. <laughs> they didn't buy on it. Like, I didn't get the, a bite on that one yeah. from work, but I still think it's a good idea. I think it would be funny if they get no, it wrong. It, you it, know? If Landmark <laughs> doesn't do it, then Bucket will. You know. Yeah. So. We'll run that. We'll run that. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll pick up the slag. <laughs> But, like, with the AI, can there be problems with, like, accuracy? Like, with oh, taste? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, I can't remember what they call mm-hmm. it, but sometimes it's confidently wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very confusing. Yeah. You have to do, at least if you're searching mm-hmm. on the Bing AI, it'll list its sources, and you can kind of go back into the sources yeah. and check. But if you're just talking to ChatGPT and just typing in ChatGPT, it'll tell you stuff that's, like, completely bonkers, and you can just believe it. Like, that sounds about right. That should yeah. be right, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh no, that was that completely was wrong. You have to really exercise critical yeah. thinking, I yeah. think, when you're talking to an AI, right? Yeah. You have to be sure of what you're asking it. Uh almost in some sense. Yeah. You're like you're trying to make it more efficient for you, but you still have to know what mm-hmm. you're doing. So you have to ask like the right questions, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. More than anything, I tell people yeah. that it's like something that gets you ninety percent of the way there. Like if mm-hmm. I wanna write a piece or I'm looking for ideas, yeah. like I can get it. 90% of the way there, but I have to do the last 10%. I have to make sure mm-hmm. it's right. I have to write it in my voice. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever alteration I need to do to make it mine. But 
it'll still take the lion's share of that work that takes forever. Yeah, yeah. like the literal yeah. just typing of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you think about how much time that takes, like just to yeah. do, I mean, if you think about it, like here's an idea, like this is what I would do, something like this, and it just kind of, then you give it what it tells you and then you chop off 10% of it, you know, yeah. and you're like, no, this is actually what it would be like. Yeah. Like I've written for publication before. Like I wrote for my community college newspaper for a while and a couple different, you know, just cold pitching people and getting published different places. And this is the same thing. You're like, okay, I have to write out a list of ideas. What do I want to write about? And I have to rough draft it. I have to go back through, correct it, make sure everything looks good. And then I cold pitch it. And then I get turned down. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you're constantly trying to iterate, make it better. Yeah, reiterate, exactly. Yeah. But when you have ChatGPT, you're like, hey, give me 15 ideas. Makes iterations mm-hmm. that much faster, like, right? Boom, I have 15 ideas I can already start with. I could write for a wine publication today. I could write for something about film tomorrow. I could write for anything I want. It'll give me the ideas and all I have to do is put it into my own words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I mean, the software that we use to edit this podcast has a little bit of some AI built into mm-hmm. it to like help takes out some of the sounds that you might not want it's it can search for ums and ahs and it can uh take like filter out background noise and all the stuff and you just tell it yes i want that or no i don't and it's so cool it takes a lot of the tedious editing out Mm -hmm. because then for me as the editor i don't have to spend like four hours editing out some small tick that like was just annoying and probably shouldn't have been there so have you seen that video? It came out recently. I think I saw it on TikTok and it was these guys and they're editing an interview, like a video interview. And there's an AI module in their editor and it just like cut, 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 cut. It made all the cuts perfect. All like the back and forth, the discussion, you know, it would pull out, pull in, like it looked incredible. And what would typically take, I was like, yeah, this would take me five or six hours to do. And it did it in like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, so that is like where I see the advantages of AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, given all this, there's a lot of benefits to it. And then there's like the other side of the coin. Where does this go? I don't know. But sometimes I feel like it's like watching a Black Mirror episode because we're, like, yeah. we're dealing with this really cool technology. But what are problems are we going to have to deal with yeah. with this technology? Yeah, because you know? like especially for me, like I have an issue of like AI music, you know. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like cheating in a way. Absolutely. A little bit <laughs> if you're I using did. AI. AI to make music and they had that uh, yeah. AI Drake song that came yeah. out and like shot to the top of the Spotify charts. So like, we gotta take that down. That's, that's, you know, his voice. And even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him and his uh, camp, I think weekend to his camp were like, yo, we need to, yo, we need to put a stop to that. Yeah. Mm. That shit's not cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's true. Cause anybody can make, Oh, I want a song. I want the weekend playing yeah. and you can just make it. Oh, that's it, my dream. I want to yeah. put Netflix though. I want like, okay, continue my personal story. Just put what I like in there. Yeah. Like I want a little bit of sci-fi and I also want a dragon. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, okay, here's your hour long episode separated out. Are you still watching? You know, I am. Yeah. I can't stop. I that's might awesome. never leave. That's crazy. How huh? that's funny. Your favorite episodes, favorite movies. You could just say, Hey, what's an add on to it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to do Pulp Fiction, but again with different people in a different <laughs> era, and then yeah. run it all backwards. I want to see it from the end to the beginning. <laughs> like, okay, boop, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see what it could do, like with the winemaking and the wine growing aspect. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if you just feed it like all the past problems, pesticides, it could probably pump out organic ways. 
I can't remember the name of the winery, but there's like one winery already that has the first AI powered vintage. They ran everything on AI, all their calculation, oh, all their like when they're adding, when they're topping, Wait, when they're doing everything. Isn't that one winery that has like the? We'll look that shit up. Not is that the Argentina one though? No, not the Argentina one. The one that is over here that you said had a cool winery uh, that everything was gravity fed. Uh, yeah, that's not a is that Opus one or no? No, um, Opus one has more money than God. They could it's do it. Palmas, yeah, it's right? Palmas, yeah. Palmas. Was it Palmas? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I read so much, mm-hmm. so many of these articles. It's like I spend mm-hmm. every day. The mm-hmm. first thing I do for like the first hour of my day. Is I read industry news and then the local newspaper. I see yeah. like an old man who is sitting there like, gotta read my paper. <laughs> see what's going on in Sonoma County. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to know, right? You need to read yeah. the news. <laughs> oh see, my god. Comes in that. handy. Yeah. <laughs> well shit. I've just seen an article from like two years ago that says AI can now taste transforming winemaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck? It's gonna shit. be a thing. I'm telling you. It's going to be a thing. You're going to be able to feed all of your old vintages in there and be like, okay, I need you to make me uh, 1962 again. This is going to be fucking crazy for, like, all the bulk wine producers and, like, blending. Yeah. Like, now they can just sell anything. It's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, this might drive down prices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely drives down labor crazy. costs. Yeah. This is kind of crazy. I'm actually starting to think about it because yeah. I want to make a bulk volume wine one day and yeah. yeah well i mean people don't know what to do with that shit no but if they get some help from ai and yeah. yo what do i do with all this shitty wine yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna put it in plastic bags so college kids can smack the best That's right yeah and fucking biodegradable fucking cardboard boxes yeah, <laughs> yeah then you can say it's eco-friendly people <laughs> buy it <laughs> well, that's part of the three pillars of bringing in new customers <laughs> Sustainability, inclusivity, <laughs> and experiential. Your three pillars. <laughs> you want to bring in young people, you have to hit all three of those pillars. Mm-hmm. It's like current wine. It's like not inclusive. It's exclusive. It's yeah. not particularly sustainable. At least I don't hit on sustainability. Glass bottles. Yeah, glass bottles. Glass bottles. That's the last check mark to hit. Like mm-hmm. water waste. A lot of there's still a lot of water waste out there. It's going on. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then experiential. Like, yeah, going to a winery is an experience. Don't get me wrong. Going tasting is an experience. But when every one of them blends together, yep, here's another beautiful view. Here's some red. Here's some white. Little taste, little chit-chat. Boom, catch you later. <laughs> See, that's what Bucket Blends is going to do different, right, Miguel? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a mix. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, ideas in the work. And it comes from non-AI-powered brains, actually. A lot. Yeah. Jose and I mm-hmm. uh, shooting the <laughs> shit and just coming up with nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's your first glass. It's a white. You're going to drink it on the zip line. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you can finish it without spilling a drop, we'll give you $5. <laughs> mm. And you're wearing a Santa suit. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Because some guy in his like, late 60s, early 70s, <laughs> I don't know if my hip can do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's okay, sir. We'll strap you in tight. Yeah. <laughs> Hold you ever, on. <laughs> you ever been on a cruise before? Mm-hmm. We can do it. Yeah. We came up with like an idea that we wanted to do. Like we want to give people like fresh wine. So like if we ever had a winery, we'd get 
like make a day like call a release day yeah. and we just like give people sh- like wine straight from the tank i love be that like, that's like fresh <laughs> that's like beaujolais when you go to yeah. when you have the beaujolais mm-hmm. when i was in france over christmas my fiance's family mm-hmm. went, we went with them and we were in nice. we were in rouen and they had beaujolais chardonnay i never had like actual fresh mm-hmm. beaujolais it was beaujolais chardonnay was so good. Mm-hmm. It was like interesting. It wasn't super high in alcohol. It had yeah. some of that residual sugar left in it. What? It was like wicked tasty. Oh yeah. man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a term until today. Hey. Beaujolais. Beaujolais. <laughs> Love Beaujolais. So I mean, I usually you think of Gamay and like mm-hmm. you know, a light, refreshing red, but I mean some Beaujolais white. Yeah. Where is the Beaujolais region? Is it like in Bordeaux? It's south of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we're the south of Maconese. And it's like just a term too. Yes, yeah, it's like fresh wine or wine that's not been super barrel aged or fermented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Novo. Uh, or am I thinking of something different? I could be saying the complete wrong term. I'm a beer guy. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I know their laws say you can release it November first of that same harvest year. Yeah. Mm, okay. So. That was definitely it's it. Quick, like, it was like quick turnaround ferment. Yeah. Boom. Let's celebrate. It's like sitting in this super nice restaurant in Rouen. Like, oh my God, this is, this is some of the best wine I've had. And I had no clue I was going to have it in this crazy place in this little back alley. Like, let's go eat here. Yeah. Like, Whoa, there's this <laughs> awesome wine. And they have a quality level out there too. It's called uh, Beaujolais Cruise. They have like 10 villages. So that place is good quality wine for a reasonable price. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. value from Beaujolais. Beaujolais, all right, yeah. Very food friendly. Very food friendly. It's uh, probably universal pairing. So, <laughs> like, I'm having steak and, uh, you know, somebody else is having fish. Beaujolais. I mean, I had it with uh, steak tartare. Never yeah. had a worse stomach ache in my life, but. <laughs> I was Maybe not everything. <laughs> like, we're driving to. Back to Paris in the morning to get on the plane because we went from, we were in Paris and we like drove out to Normandy, then we come back to Rouen, then back to Paris and fly from Paris to Istanbul. And I'm on the, the Paris to Istanbul flight after just eating steak tartare and drinking a bunch of Beaujolais the night before. Like, oh, I need to get yeah. out of this plane. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> Suffering from success when you're trying the best foods. <laughs> True. Yeah. But, or we're still on AI. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about any downsides to AI? Yeah. I think it's going to take all of our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Let's yeah. just, yeah. Right? They Aside from the main point. Yeah, right? that is going to yeah. take all our jobs. <laughs> I did ask about job. accuracy, though. Okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely going to take all our jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah. How much, uh, how much is it going to cost to like keep up or. Mm-hmm. I know Keep. right now 20 bucks a month for the membership I'm in it yeah that's all I gotta pay gotcha well I mean do you think the wine industry is actually gonna accept AI or you think they're you gonna be pushing to. back you have to <laughs> eventually yes now yeah. no there's like a glass ceiling right now in the industry there's a lot of owners and older folks mm-hmm. that have been really established that have been around for a really long time and there's not as much of like a mentorship or a training bringing some of these younger folks that are coming into the industry. Like, first off, we can't afford to live here. We can mm-hmm. barely afford to live in Sonoma County or Napa County. And we're trying to work at wineries, trying to work our way up, trying to get the experience. And you just kind of hit the, okay, I can't go any higher than this. I can't yeah. get any higher than an assistant winemaker. Can't get any higher than like a wine club manager. 
you know, I can't move up into that area because those positions are super established and the owners have them and they're just never going to yeah. leave. Or it's like family members. Like, yeah. <laughs> like been around in the family for a long time. Oh, that's just going to pass it down. Father to son, yeah. or mother to daughter. This is a, a little bit of a tough hill we have to get over still mm. until we kind of can make the wine industry our own, but we can't, it's, it's there. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Wine's new wave. That's what I <laughs> yeah. said too. Yeah. I'm like with this podcast, I'm like, <laughs> there is a next generation of people in wine, That's and it's I'm, literally yeah. us. Like if you True. think about yeah. it, like <laughs> who else is doing this? Like nobody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was telling Greg today. I'm like, when the older generation, when they're like done and ready to let it go, I'm like, somebody got to be ready to to take the ropes and. Yeah. And he started looking at me laughing. He's like, this motherfucker. I was like, I see it. I see it. I was like, you guys don't want to let it go yet. But when you're ready, oh, well, somebody will be ready. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. I was like, hurtful? Truthful. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just patiently waiting. So well, it's I all mean, good. Like, I mean, Greg's going to retire one day, right? <laughs> I, mean, aside, not yeah. I mean, aside from that, but I'm talking about, like you said, all the older Winemakers, mm-hmm. owners. Yeah. Once they're like reached the point where all these culty wines can't really make that market anymore, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Where are they going to go? I mean, the panic bells are already it's ringing. It's fucking going already. It's, Everybody's it's already panicking crazy. over I'm, it. I love wine, but it's kind of all that culty shit that. Yeah. Uh, it's all gone, dude. It's mm-hmm. about to be gone. If you look at it from like the economics and financial perspective, what you see is like everybody's trying to bring in. Boomers still. Boomers are the big high dollar spenders. Yeah. So they're trying to bring in boomers, trying to entice them with the same things that have enticed them for years and years and years. You know, they want to bring them in with this is exclusive, you know, my dollar equals quality. So like I'm spending a hundred dollars on a bottle, it's gonna taste like a hundred dollar bottle, even though yeah. we all know like I've had a twelve dollar bottle that tastes better than a lot of hundred dollar yeah, bottles yeah. I've had. <laughs> right, dog. Really yeah. good. <laughs> So they're trying to use those same strategies and they stick to the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Through COVID, that huge boom in direct to consumer had a lot of people shipping wine to their houses. Like, this is great. We're changing. We're, you know, getting better, getting different. And then what did they do? Like direct to consumer started to go down. Tasting room traffic started to go down after COVID when things went back up. Like people were coming to the tasting room a little bit, trying to get out of the house, but we're getting less and less business because those boomers are older and they're aging out. They're retiring. They're going from a variable income to a fixed income. Now with that fixed income, we're also raising prices because we're not getting as many people in. So we need to make sure where our wine is enough price to, you know, keep the status quo. And now those boomers can't afford that same wine that they've loved for years and years and years. So they're dropping out of the market. Like, where's the market? You're not going to get Gen X. Like there's a few of those people out there. Millennials. me and Miguel talk about it all the time that we don't feel included in the wine industry. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And there's very little events or places we can all go or seek, like be amongst other Mm -hmm. individuals. There's a couple like meetups in Sonoma County that I've heard of, or like little industry Mm -hmm. get togethers where you go with people that are your age, but for the most part, no. It's definitely something that's not yet embraced. It will be though. We just gotta yeah, be there. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when you know, when they wanna do it, you gotta, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's gotta catch it at the end. Like this whole thing <laughs> yeah, can't just yeah. fall apart. We've been making wine since, you know, the very, very beginning. Early human beverage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. 
alcohol's been the you know part of human history since humans figured out that they could drink liquid <laughs> from the ground. Yeah, since <laughs> since ancient Mesopotamia, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they stumble across a puddle mm. of like grape juice, and they're like, "What if I drink that?" I love how they were even using like Romans were using sulfur candles, like they yeah. did back then. Like, yeah, oh, burn one of these into the pot. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee, even if the wine industry goes completely belly up and all the wineries close, there's still gonna be nerds like us in a basement, like putting yeah. grape juice in a yeah. <laughs> like, Okay, we filled up the carboys. Yeah, <laughs> got bathtubs going, fermenters, carboys, buying half barrels that people will use as planters and like duct taping them back together. Yeah, this will hold. <laughs> <laughs> No, so I mean, we're kind of wrapping up towards the end. We got one more beer to go. And, uh, yeah, we got one more beer. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. ask, should we rinse the glasses out, or I think we're fine, right? I think we're, we're fine. fine. We're fine. I think we're fine. Yeah, we're playing fast and loose talk with this us, one. Talk us through this beer. <laughs> okay, we got Matt Fritz. Love these guys. Love these guys. At a Napa Valley, guys, a winemaker does beer on the side. It's, uh, the crow in the water. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Nate brought us onto this beer. Yeah. Me and Jesse fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jose and I went to go visit the brewery and St. Helena. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. pop on by, sit there for like hours. The first time I went in there, I remember it yeah. super vividly. I drove over. I'm like, I hear that there's a brewery in Napa Valley. Like, what's going on? St. Helena, you don't think there's a brewery out there. It's this teeny tiny little room. Off to the mm. back road, like two, like what? Yeah. Like, what am I doing there's back here? Mm-hmm. I like park my car. I walk in. There's like a dude with a dog. There's a record player going in the back. And he's like, hey, did you want some beer? I'm like, yeah, man, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Came here for beer. And it was just magic, pure magic. Mm-hmm. This guy's awesome. Actually, we had a good experience too. The tasting room guy that gave us our tasting, we smoked weed with him. <laughs> nice. It was nice. <laughs> I complimented his cookies hoodie. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I thought you were going to bring out some dabs. And he's like, no, nah, but we could definitely, uh, you know, we could have a sash. Like, what? <laughs> During yeah. the beer tasting, mind you. Yes. So I was just like, we have to buy a beer, like six yeah. beers here. <laughs> oh, we're in it now. Yeah, you, like, you let us try all the beers. <laughs> That's the best part. You get, you make friends with these folks, and yeah. they're so nice. They're very oh, nice yeah. when you make friends with them. Just break that barrier. Mm-hmm. Dude, they will let you try anything. Which I think is like what the wine industry is missing right now. Like you don't mm. get that relationship with yeah. people. You don't sit down and like a wine guy takes you through and like, oh, you want to try some of this? Maybe some of this? Like, let's just, mm-hmm. let's get a little crazy yeah. here. Yeah, just, yeah. just sit down and have fun with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's a dry stout. It's got a lovely head on it again. Describe what you mean by head. Uh, hmm. It's when. <laughs> oh, I thought, so. yeah, I totally thought that's what it was. When the foam comes up in the glass. <laughs> yeah, that just like, went, that went real crazy. Um, I got tilt. Oh, Sometimes when we use specific terms, I like to specify. I like it. For the audience, you know. Very important. Listeners at home. It smells like uh, chocolatey. Froth. But y'all know what head is, so stop playing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pass some glasses over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think when we showed up to Matt Fritz, it was awesome. He was mid rack. Mm-hmm. Um, the first beer we tried was his Kolsch. Yeah. While, Kolsch is always so good. while he was serving us the Kolsch, 
his two daughters just come running down the stairs and like just jumping on the barrels. Yeah. And I thought that was just the best. I was like, that's yeah. how I know I'm at the right place. Well, yeah, because like, <laughs> when we came in, we were like the only ones there. And he was just like, oh, yeah, come in. Because I think we said we both worked in the cellar. And he was like, oh, you guys work in the cellar? Come check this out. Yeah. Was like, oh, like the whole like the barrier was broken. Yeah. Oh, you guys can relax. Uh, we can he's talk. A, he's a wine guy at heart. Yeah. Like, he just does beer on the side. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. We need to go back. Okay. I'm gonna hold off. I want to let the foam settle. Oh, you do it. I like I like enjoying the the smell sometimes. I want to get a little little froth on there. A little froth. Yeah. <laughs> do just love expanding range of scents for like That's all your good. beverages. You gotta be like those guys from the Saw movie. You just go out and start sniffing things. But yeah, if you had to like give a dry note about a stout, how would you describe it? Like malty, chocolatey, malty. Depends on the stout. Like dry stout, I'm gonna go more. I don't know. Still, still with like a malty flavor, like that black patent malt flavor. A little bit on the drier side. You know, not as doesn't coat your tongue as much. Usually lower alcohol. What is it? I just read this, that a pint of Guinness is only 10 calories more than a Bud Light. Like, <laughs> it's almost better for you to drink Guinness than it is. Uh, I actually am tasting like sort of that sort of cocoa maltiness. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It definitely is not like the sours we've had for the last two. No. It's a different flavor. Ooh. And it's almost like a, drinking a chocolate bar. Yeah. That tastes but like, like like a very light, liquidy version of one. <laughs> yeah, like some heavy dark chocolate. Yeah. I get a little bit of like redwood bark. Like that peely redwood I bark. I see some bark in there. Yeah, some I smell some like coffee a little bit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Coffee's always a good one. So as you can tell, folks, not only do we love wine, we love it all. We love beer. Mm -hmm. We love spirits. I mean, you never know what we might be drinking. Yep. Yeah, Maybe some cider, too. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. There's like three or four good places that do cider in Sonoma County. It's delicious. Yeah, I actually Golden. work at Golden State. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. it's right down there by me. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, we went through all the benefits of AI, your work experience. Um Gosh, I mean, some sh stories of your worldly travels. Mm -hmm. Honestly, those are my favorite. I know. <laughs> I know. We can, we got we, we can do a whole other podcast episode on that. Yeah. Like Jose was mentioning, I definitely just wanted to mm -hmm. let the listeners know, uh, or you could touch on the Cicerone path, mm -hmm. what oh, that yeah. entails, if people are out there interested. And, and, and just tell us what a Cicerone is, too. And what that mm -hmm. could lead to. Hardcore, I'd recommend everybody follow the Cicerone path, start with the certified beer server and just continue on through there. It's basically like the sommelier path, but for beer. So you're like going in, you're identifying different styles, you're blind tasting, you're identifying off flavors, you can take the test and whatnot. It's really fun if you're really into beer. Like we're kind of, I feel like at this point, we're almost past the heyday of the small producer, like little tiny breweries. Craft beer. Yeah. I lived in Connecticut, and that was where it was massive. Everybody mm. in Connecticut, it started in Vermont with the hazy IPA, and it just like trickled down from Vermont into Massachusetts and down into Connecticut. And once, you know, IPA took over first, then it was hazy IPA, then it was just like, whatever you want, man. Like people seem mm. to like beer, so make what you want. Yeah. And <laughs> that's when it really got fun. That's when you got people making stuff like, I didn't see many Kolsch's out there, but you saw like lots of weird stouts, like pastry stouts, mm -hmm. stuff that's super sweet. It's that one out of Oklahoma. I can't remember what they're called. 
They have all the pastry stouts, sticky, sweet, (laughs) weird beer, but tastes super good. All the crazy sours coming out of there. You know, like your path for beer, it's super funny. Everybody goes through their path for beer when they want to pursue beer in a way that's like professional. I want to be professional tasting. I want to give, you know, tasting notes and whatnot for beer. So they start, everybody starts like, oh, yeah, I know how to drink a Bud Light. I've had a Bud Light or a Coors Light before. <laughs> yeah. and you right, move in, right. You move from that, you're like, okay, no, I'm, I'm a big kid now. I drink IPA. I drink IPA <laughs> like a big kid, okay? And it's like hardcore alcohol, right? Like, no, no, I want my hazy IPA. Hazy is so much better. It's not as bitter, dude. It's sweeter. It's got that residual sugar. They make it with oats. It's great. Hazy IPA, bro. And then you start to come down from that. You're like, maybe go through a little stout phase real quick. Like, oh, yeah, I kind of mm. went through my stout phase last winter. Right, some right. Some like, you know, by the fire beer. Yeah. You know, some good stuff. And then eventually you end up right back down in the bottom. You're like, yeah, yeah, dog, I just drink Pilsners now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pilsners are the best beer. Everybody knows it. Like, you can't hide in a Pilsner. And that's where I am. I've been there ever since. Like, Scrimshaw Pilsner, I'll drink that all day, every day. Yeah. Can never yeah. go wrong with the scrimmy. No, uh, scrims all day. <laughs> scrimmy. I paid way too much. I was in Vegas last weekend. I paid way too much for a scrim. And he's sitting there like, they've got scrim? Yeah. yeah. Load it up. And if you want to go cheaper, I think you can never go wrong with a Modelo either. Always good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like the I classics are classics for I a reason. I yeah. can't do a Modelo anymore. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, it's like, you know what Modelo and Sex on the Beach have in common? They're both fucking close to water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in my sour phase, you know? I still like sours. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's like a good tangent to get stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. Because sours are so complex, and they're Mm. always getting weirder and And more different. and So many flavors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you can never go wrong with, like... Like IPAs, there's a certain flavor profile for an IPA, and it doesn't venture too far left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, maybe we go a little hazy, a little sweeter, or maybe you know, you get a couple notes here and there. Same with you know, pale ales or pilsners or anything. There's like a flavor profile, and you kind of have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Sours, it's like, I don't know, man, we're throwing blueberries in this <laughs> yeah. one. It should be good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I hope this one we threw like sparkle dust in it we're calling it unicorn farts i don't know yeah. someone's gonna buy it because to me i feel like sour making is kind of almost like wine making mm-hmm. in a way i still remember when i volunteered mm-hmm. to bring sour beer in there's like oh yeah it's towards the end of harvest i'm like greg can we bring some sour beer in we can all try it and he's like keep that shit away from here <laughs> <laughs> it's got the bread in it we don't want any of bread yeah. <laughs> keep that bread out oh uh, yeah, yeah i do remember that my yeah. mom's the same way about like sour no bread. beers yeah no bread. And he He's like, yeah, no bread. <laughs> Don't drink that in summer. <laughs> you see it, though. You have one wine with bread on it, and you're like, oh, that's bad. Mm. We have like a, it was one of the Grenaches from Landmark. It's the older Grenache. When I got there, we had like 08 and 14, I think. The 14's good. The 08's the one with bread on it. And you can smell it as soon as you pop open that cork. It's like, woo, mm-hmm. that's got some bread on it. Uh, like, okay, it smells like, a certain way. You can still drink it though, right? Or is it? Oh yeah, you can yeah. still drink it. Still drink yeah, it. it's yeah. not still get you drunk. It just it's taste just good. not the flavor profile you no. were expecting. Absolutely not. Issue. But yeah. then there's some French wines that like Bordeaux wines <laughs> yeah. that want a little bit of bread, and that's yeah. like their their key tail. Yeah. yeah. Like there's right. also wines that, that like like or that they're made with mold in it. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's like moldy cheese. I don't know. Like 
There's a market out there. It's, yeah. it's a style Somebody. people like it. Like okay. blue cheese. Because yeah. I feel More like delicious. I feel like bread with wine. It's like for certain styles, it's like a flaw. But if you're making it a certain way, it's not a flaw. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you like go back to France, they're. Mm-hmm. Their farmhouse beer and the stuff they used to make back in the day, just out on the farm, that's all heavily bready. Mm-hmm. Super, super bready. It's good. It tastes like horse blanket. And so it's the tasty yeah. note, like horse blanket. <laughs> tastes like sheep's ass. Like, cool. Yeah. Pour me a glass. I want to try that. Honestly, though, when you said uh, Grenache, though, that was like the first wine I remember, like when I went down my Somme tasting route. Mm. That was the first one I smelled, and I was like, this smells like barn hay. Yeah. Uh, like, holy shit Magic yeah. <laughs> like, What the what fuck is <laughs> oh, Was it last year Year before I can't remember We were down south Kind of by Santa Barbara-ish And there was This little town We were staying at And there was a producer That just did Grenache That's all she did Was Grenache And she just had You know Vintages and vintages Of Grenache And it was a super slow weekend I was the only one In her tasting room We were there for a wedding And Jean was in the wedding. She was one of the bridesmaids. So I'm just like left to my lonesome to do whatever I want. I walk into this tasting room, this Grenache house, and the lady's just so excited to have somebody in there to hey. talk about her Grenache that knows a little bit about wine enough to like have a conversation. Oh, yeah, I'm in the industry, whatnot. I sat there for two hours and talked to this lady about Grenache while she just fed me glass <laughs> after glass after glass. And I get this text from Jean like, hey, it's uh, we're all done with the rehearsal. You can come to dinner with us. Like, Just come out to dinner. I'm like... Okay. Well, I gotta uh, go. About a bottle deep of Grenache. Had <laughs> a library tasting. I brought the bottle with me. <laughs> I bought a bottle. I took it with me. I'm like, thank you so much. I will be back. I did go back. She was very awesome. sweet. I'm gonna go back in a heartbeat. I wish I could remember the name of the winery. Is this in the area here? Or? It's down south. It's uh, in um, Los Salamos. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tiny, tiny town. With the Cicerone? I mean, maybe. Uh, you just want to talk about like what the exam requires you to be prepared for. It's a three-part exam for Cicerone. You get three parts. Mm-hmm. You get the written exam, which is a packet. It's huge. It's multiple guests, but it's not easy either. And there's like lots and lots of things that are meant to make you kind of go astray. So you sit there and go through your entire test, and then they have a off-flavor tasting portion where they give you. You basically get like a flight of non-off flavored beer and then a flight of off flavored beer and they have just like little they almost look like little pills or packets with powder in them and that's where the off flavors come they pour them in the beer and you can do it with you, they try to do it with like light beer or something that doesn't have a lot of backbone a lot of flavor to it because that really makes it hard like it's yeah. really hard to taste beer that's off that also has a really powerful flavor coming through like you're not doing it with an IPA yeah. <laughs> yeah did they use like Keystone Light or something like that <laughs> so when I did it I did it in Connecticut and the guy came from Sam Adams he did it with Sam Light mm-hmm. he brought Sam Light I've done it with Amstel Light too it was like both of those work, but Keystone Light would be like that doesn't taste like anything yeah. so you just taste the off flavor you can't even <laughs> figure that one out but they give you like cleans and dirty so mm-hmm. you like taste the clean beer then you taste taste the dirty beer and you're like okay what is that and that tastes like cardboard yeah that that one's the cardboard one okay yeah like right there. Mm-hmm. so you have that portion the, the off flavor tasting portion and then the final portion is like a, a performance portion is for lack of a better term they have you do something from the beer industry and usually what it is is you're just cleaning a tap so you have to you get filmed 
cleaning the tap mm-hmm. and they give you like a fully put together tap with a handle and whatnot. And you have to like pull the tap handle off, pull the whole thing apart. And you have your little scrubber, like, oh, you have to make sure to get the ports. And if you <laughs> miss that part, they're like, fail immediately. Yeah. Fail. <laughs> you didn't clean the ports. There's mold in there. You didn't run your caustic. You need to run your caustic, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there like cleaning everything. It's the most awkward situation. Cause there's like this little GoPro on a tripod and so I'm like, okay. And then you pull the bottom screw off and you put your little scrubby in there and make sure to clean your ports. Don't forget to clean your ports. Please don't fail me. And <laughs> you put it all back together. <laughs> How's the environment? Are, like, are people nervous? Like, oh, yeah. Everybody's sweating bullets. When I was there, there was somebody that was taking it for like their third time. A couple people taking it their second time. It's not easy. Not an easy one to pass. Gotcha. Not for the faint-hearted, too. Mm-hmm. I love it, though. Like, I love how all these, like, damn, you got to be persistent and get over that hump. Yeah. It's just the knowledge portion is the hardest one. Like, the tasting is difficult. Don't get me wrong. Off flavors are difficult, but it's doable. If you practice it enough times, if you really, like, get a smell for it, I, you can smell every single one of them. Because they put so much in the first test. You get so much of it in there, and you can just, like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Oh, not that gotcha. one is, too. But as you get further in, it gets harder. It's just the knowledge. So the knowledge is just this thick packet, and you just have mm. to know. There's no way other than to buy somebody's, like, study book. There's a guy online when I did it years ago. There was a guy online had a study book, and you paid, I think you paid, like, 15 bucks for it, and you gave him, like, a donation or something, 15 for bucks. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, send him a six-pack. <laughs> rolling in it. He'd have more beer than you never know what to do with. <laughs> But he just, like, paid for that that big, fat thing. Then I took it down to Kinko's on a flash drive and <laughs> had it printed out with, like, a spiral ring in it. Went through, studied the whole thing. And then I gave my printed copy to the guy at Mad Fritz. So he still nice. got it. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I printed this out. <laughs> he was like, oh, man, you took the test. Like, do you have any study material or anything I could use? I'm like, you know what? My yeah, friend. no, dude, it feels yeah. great when you hear that. <laughs> like, I give away my W set two book to some, mm-hmm. uh, this, this, this girl out of tasting room. She was just like, yeah, I really want to get into it, but I don't have any reading material. I was like, yo, if you want some, I got it. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I'm done with it. I, I have like, so many three by five note cards stashed away. I'm never going to look at again. Like, here you go. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking about how often... What gets misspelled more, Cicerone or sommelier? Okay. Oh, it has to be sommelier. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, Cicerone's got that C in there, C-I-C. The, the, the C throws you off because when yeah. I first hear it, I feel like it starts with an S, but it actually starts with a C. But, but For I all our like, listeners, now you know. <laughs> but I feel like once you get the C right, it's pretty yeah. easy yeah. to spell. And sommelier has like what the double M and then the E-I <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah, the E-L-I, I'm sorry. Hard boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this brings us to our quick hitter rounds. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of something we wrap the show with. Fire um, away. First one would be a favorite wine, like grape or style or region. Okay. so Either one of, th- one of the three or all three. I have a favorite wine that I've ever drank. I have two, actually. I have two favorites. One of them, I just don't know what it was. So I couldn't tell you what it was. It was one of those blank bottles. It was a shiner that somebody grabbed off the line. It was a Gunlock Vintage Reserve from way back when. And my friend used to work at Gunlock. 
and she had it in her closet. It was just like in her closet. It had some white Sharpie on it, and it said something that was basically illegible because it had been back there for like God knows how many years. I remember we're having a party at her place, you know, just like hanging out, listening to music, having a good time, and she goes in the closet and pulls it out, and she's like, I think this is peaking. You guys want to try it? <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck yeah. Delicious. <laughs> but my second favorite bottle came from this man right here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He gave me that Tumi Merlot that was magic. Oh, yeah. I have never had a mm. bottle like that before or since. I think they stopped making Merlot. Yeah. It makes so. me so yeah. sad. So I was I've never even seen a Tumi yeah, Merlot. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, my, damn. That same friend <laughs> that had the, the peaking bottle of Gundy, she's like, this tastes like blueberries and velvet. Like, what is this? How, where did you find this? Yeah. They gave it to me. <laughs> a good Merlot will do that to you. Just bring you back to, like, reality. Yeah. Straight up magic. Yeah. That, you, it's not too common in the bridal, I don't think. Uh, not, not here. Not after it, it was uh, sideways. sideways that did yeah. it. I drink any fucking Merlot. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, I get it. Like, no one's going to drink Merlot for a while, but it's still good. I'm exactly. still, like, low-key Merlot fan out here. <laughs> exactly. Now, now everyone has to be a closet Merlot fan. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah. I can't come out and, like, honestly say, like, Oh, what kind of wine do you like? You know, tasting. Oh, what's your preferred vintage? What's your preferred wine? Grape. I'm like, y'all got any of that Merlot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, low-key, don't you have the Merlot on the <laughs> Maybe someone in the back. It's okay. I'll drink it. It's good. I'm the sorry. only one. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I'll drink it out back. <laughs> if you don't want it, bears the rest of your good. Yeah. <laughs> just standing out there in a barrel with a bottle, like, <laughs> necking uh-huh. it. So good. <laughs> I gotta say, our purchases of alcohol definitely keeps the wine business going. They're like, they look at our purchases like, yeah, that's why we keep making these wines. Yeah, that's why we keep making these obscure things. Look at people keep buying them. Like some random kid's gonna be like, I like that. So I think you did answer our second question, mm. but I'll just double back see if it's different. Our question is: Do you have a favorite wine memory or like bottle you drank, worked on, something that just is engraved in your memory? I love seeing those landmark 2020s go through. Like, we're just swapping over. Yeah. I still need to get mine. Oh, come get them. We've got them. They're on sale. I I think I have two somewhere. (coughs) Oh, yeah. Two right there. Yeah. I think that is actually the most golden vintage. I mean, that 2020 line can tie it pretty good. I just, I know it was made with love. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it was made by us. (laughs) That's why I tell everybody. I remember when I was still working at the wine club, because I started like wine club coordinator, then I was wine club manager, and then I moved up into my position now. But, when I was working in the wine club, people would talk about like, oh, you know, I don't really know what vintage, like whatever is fresh, whatever you're pouring now, I guess. And like, you just wait when that 2020 comes. I know that wine is good because I made it. it? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, Greg and Brad made it. I didn't do shit. But yeah. I told everybody like, oh, I made that wine. That was <laughs> yeah. We took care of that one. <laughs> but did the 2020 Damaris just get a high rating too? Oh, yeah, it got killer ratings. Yeah. It Damn. got, like, tons of awards. I think it got a 98 at the North Coast Wine Competition, maybe. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, so we worked on something on a 98.1, fellas. Hell, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think I have a quick hitter. Because speaking of, like, wine and stuff like that, since we're drinking beer... What's your favorite beer style? That's so tough. Well, yeah, we'll see, because I I put top five beers. A top five beer, yeah. That's even tougher. Okay. Because I know so much, it's like like asking me to pick my five favorite ones. Like, pick the whole 20. Right? It's like, if I'm going to pick one that I have to drink for the rest of my life, I'm going to drink good pills. 
Good like, pills. You can't hide in a good mm-hmm. pills. It's a so simple. Mm-hmm. It's just what has know, to be in your lineup. Malt, yeast, hops, water. That's it. That's all in it. All that's in a pills. Mm-hmm. You can't have any sort of off flavor <clears throat> defects. You can't have anything. It's just like it is what it is. So a good pills is always on the top there. You know, like Scrimmy's always good. You know, you get like the what is the one that's down in the bay that you can find all the time? That's well, super uh, tasty. It's not Drake's. It's uh, Trumer. Trumer, yeah, yeah. Trumer, yeah. Trumer's good. Any Pilsner made by the water, made by like the ocean or salt water or something, for some reason it just tastes better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about the salt water. So yeah, like a good Pils, that's always going to be the top. If I had to pick one, it'd be a good Pils. Uh, below that, I'm a little bit of a pale ale whore when you go to a, a brewery there's like all the ipas that people are just flocking to and i'm the one guy that's like can i have the pale ale <laughs> yeah i just want the pale ale <laughs> gummy worms out of uh that brewery in sacramento new glory out of mm-hmm. sacramento oh i really like gummy worms that one's super tasty couple other good pale ales oh there's one out of davis that's really good too sudworks mm-hmm. the pale ale of sudworks really good Beyond that, like I have to go back to my roots, you know, like Vermont IPA, you know, Head yeah. Topper, Focal Banger. Those ones are mm. all super tasty. I miss Treehouse. I miss going to Treehouse. I used to live close enough to where I could drive back when Treehouse was still out of the barn and you yeah. had to wait for two hours. Like you got there and the line would be stretching around the barn and be down the road and people would just be bringing cases of beer and you'd be cracking crazies. Like, where'd you get that? Oh man, where'd you get that one? All this time you're waiting in line and you walk away with like seven cans. Like you have two of this one, one of this one, and we made a Julius and you can have like one. (laughs) I drove two hours to get here. I waited two (laughs) hours in line and I got seven cans of beer. I'm psyched. Yeah. That stuff was all super good. Oh my God. I missed the beer out of Maine. Uh, The Maine beer was super good. Mm -hmm. I like Shipyard. Like it's so cheesy and corny, but shipyard pumpkin head in the fall this is so yummy it's like i had it at the big e which is basically the state fair for all of new england because the states are all so small they can't have their own state fairs they have, to have one, big <laughs> one and somebody put a cinnamon sugar rim on my pumpkin beer i felt very basic drinking that but it was delicious <laughs> i still do it to this day like i'll get a cinnamon sugar rim on a beer Ooh. and pour the pumpkin because mm. you can get it at like a, whole, a world market i think Oh, damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Following on beer, I was going to say, is there a beer you'd recommend people should try or they don't know about or mm. something just, you know, never heard about? Like an unsung gem yeah. that people could see? I don't know. I grew up in Bend, so every time I go back up to Bend, it's like <clears throat> it's a beer town for sure, and there's always going to be something good there, but I will talk up Ale Apothecary all mm. day, every day. Uh. Those guys are doing the Lord's work, making sours. Oh, I used to be a member. That was the best beer party I've ever been to in my life was the Ale Apothecary member pickup party, essentially. They only had it once a year. I drove Mm. all the way up there. And basically what you did was like, okay, everybody bring the craziest, weirdest bottle or like the whatever you want to bring and then... We put them all on a table in the middle. We crack all of them, and you can try whatever you want. So I got to try all this stuff. Like, there were people bringing crazy beers from, you know, over in Europe. I had lots of really good New England IPA stuff. Lots of stuff from California. Stuff from all over the Pacific Northwest. We're got to try everything, huh? I was yeah. so 
crushingly drunk. <laughs> I'd have my parents pick me up. There's like nothing more demoralizing than being slumped over on a curb and your like dad has to come pick you up. Like, all right, buddy, do you need me to roll down the window or you're going to throw up? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I think I had a few too many pops. Oh. I, I tried all the flavors of the world. <laughs> Basically, that that Sam Adams one, they only make it like every couple of years, and it comes in the weird, it looks like a steam kettle. Oh. And it's some ungodly percentage. It's like 20-some percent or something. It's Damn. very, very high. And it's, it's Fortified got, and shit. Yeah. It's got no fizz in it at all like all the fizz oh, is gone it God. drinks almost like liquor oh but it tastes shit. like beer it's the weirdest thing holy shit cool fun to try fun to try but don't try three of them because that was a bad idea <laughs> that's what put me on the floor <laughs> all right i know we've been talking a lot about beer wine but uh do you have a favorite alcohol beverage whether it be like a cocktail what, what's your go-to you know, when you just want to enjoy a glass of something. So I always tell everybody that, like, wine's my job, beer's my passion. Like, I'll drink a beer any day. Any day of the week. Like, any style of beer. It's nice. I live in Sebastopol, so, you know, like, I can walk down to the Barlow. I can go to the Crooked Goat. I can go yeah. get some crazy beer down there. There's a couple different breweries. and get a Wood Four, get some good beer. You know, there's lots of good stuff around me. Sonoma County's great for beer. Even though people associate it with wine, there's, like, tons of really decent beer here. So I will go for a beer every day of the week. Solid choice. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Even I'm starting to just, to like, I'd go for a beer before I like indulge in some wine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Cross the fades like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, this is probably Miguel who was curious about this one. Do you have a favorite mushroom? Oh, yeah. You know, you we had this whole a... conversation about mushrooms once. Oh, and so I was like, is there a mushroom that's your favorite or that you like find the most interesting? Like, <laughs> I'm still a nerd. I still go out to Salt Point looking for mushrooms sometimes. <laughs> and I have found morels only once hmm. in my life, like wild, natural morels. I've only found them one time and I, I squandered it. It was the worst. I cut it and then it fell out of my pocket when I got back in the car. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even get to bring it home. But. When you find a morel, it just, it feels like pure magic. Like I'm out there digging around, finding things. I'm like, <gasps> that's a morel. I know exactly what that is. I'm showing it to other people. There's Remind like, me, are morels edible or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's one of the prized ones. It's like morels and chanterelles that uh-huh. are like the prized ones to find. And you have to go out at just the right time. Cause salt point is chalk block. Every time you get a big rain, or like a really wet winter like we have now, yeah. as soon as it starts to dry out, or even when it's still wet out there, I think it's actually the best time, you'll get the Sonoma County Myocological Society. Oh, yeah. And they show up at Salt Point with their little knives and their little backpacks, and they've got their little <laughs> front bags, and they're just shoving mushrooms in there, like, oh, look what I found. <laughs> I'm still to the point where I can ID a few of them, I'll go on my run in the middle of the day, and I'll be running in town and be like, ah, Amanita Muscaria, I know what you are. Little red cap, white dot on the top. Like, yeah, I know what that is. But for the most part, nah, man. (laughs) I'm not trying stuff that's growing out of the ground unless I know what it is. (laughs) Danger. (laughs) Then uh, I kind of like to round out the episode with these two questions. Um, Any, like, books, movies, TV shows you're watching right now? 
Again, I'm going to sound like an old man, but y'all, 44 seasons in and Survivor is still hitting every <laughs> single time. Oh, my God. I am so ridiculously addicted to Survivor. I was listening to the Survivor podcast on my way here. It's like the first year they did it. They brought in Jeff Propes, and he, like, talks about, oh, this is, we're going to talk about how they edit Survivor this time. And you're like, shit. <laughs> oh my god i've always wanted to know <laughs> i never knew i wanted to know but i do yeah <laughs> jp's just there lining it out for you like yeah we've got one of the best editing crews in the entire tv industry and i'm like they do they, they do yeah, like they, they have a formula that's golden <laughs> 44 seasons doesn't lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, survivor gene and i watch survivor every thursday it's awesome Heck yeah, yeah. No, Survivor is a good show. It's hard to it's hard to stop watching. <laughs> what network puts on it? What, uh, CBS. CBS. Yeah. Yeah. CBS. Damn. There's only like two things that I watch religiously, and that's Survivor on Thursdays when it comes out, and then I'm a Formula One nut. I watch the race every weekend when it's oh, on. Yeah. Nice. Um, I know this is one of my favorite things to ask. Uh, any music or artists or albums you're listening to right now or you got on repeat one. getting you through the well there's just one work week so i actually posted about this on my linkedin like a nerd um <laughs> when we were doing our harvest in 2020 that was the first time i heard cornell 77 and like i was not a grateful oh, dead yeah. band beforehand i really hadn't listened to much of the dead hadn't like dove into the jam band music at all and it's yeah. the first time i heard cornell 77 and i have been obsessed ever since i just deep into the dead and listen to all the back albums all the live shows everything <laughs> and they had they released cornell 77 on vinyl initially and there was only so many that they released and you could go on ebay to try to buy one but they were like a thousand dollars like i can't spend a thousand dollars on a vinyl no. i don't have that kind of money but it's coming up to the anniversary of that concert and they're doing another concert at barton hall on cornell like in cornell university so they re-released cornell 77 on vinyl oh, it was sold out in an hour I'm sure, but I got in just in time. Oh, nice. It was 150 bucks, and it came in the mail the other day. I opened it up. It's like it's still wrapped. It's like reverence. <laughs> I can't yeah. unwrap it. Yeah, I'm gonna slow cut and just make sure I don't make any indentations uh, or anything. Like, I love that album. That Dancing in the Street just sings to me. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. That's my favorite Fire on the Mountain <laughs> version. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I think ever since 2020, I've been listening to that album. Like it's so good. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. It never dies for me. Yeah. It's such a good one. There's so many other like really good dead concerts, and you can like mm -hmm. jump back and forth either you know later or earlier, and all their stuff is different, and it's all good. But that one just hits just right, mm -hmm. and yeah. it takes you off, and you know you go listen to other jam bands. Like I yeah. went to the Fish concert last week when they were at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Super super fun. I love seeing Fish. I'm seeing goose in september when they come to oakland and then dead and company's touring they're doing their their final shows yeah. at oracle park this summer i think it's june or july i have tickets for like yeah. the saturday show yeah i wanted to go see that i was actually gonna see phil lesh and friends oh, but it cool got one. canceled no! <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it's so fun. We saw yeah. Dead & Company. Gina and I did. Mm -hmm. I drug her to L.A. to see Dead & Company at the Bowl. Mm -hmm. And it was such a cool experience, except for, like, 
It was a little wild outside. Yeah, I bet. Dude, part, that whole area getting there is fucking rowdy. Mm. <laughs> it's rowdy, and then it gets even worse it's, when it all funnels and his necks right there, bottleneck. Yeah, right there. the shakedown street out there. Oh my god, wild! You, you got the people ice cold fatties afterward. Ice cold fatties, ice cold fatties, and like the nitrous shakedown. Oh yeah, the nitrous balloons. I saw so many people passed out from nitrous. It was the craziest yeah. thing. Damn. But I mean, the dead community is awesome. All the people, as crazy as it gets in the concert, as crazy as it gets outside the concerts, those people are awesome. We saw some yeah. dude that was just straight up off his rocker, super high on acid, like dropped his tab before he got in. And he loses his wife. And I remember I'm in line. I'm just sitting there in line waiting to get into the bowl. And this guy's like, Sharon, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon, where are you, Sharon? I need you, Sharon. I'm freaking out. <laughs> like this dude's in his 67 year yeah. older guy. He's sitting there. And of course, everybody's like, we're kind of giggling a little bit. But as soon as we see this guy's like, oh, he's having a problem. Everyone's like, medic, medic, bring the medic over here. This guy needs help. Bring the medic. And of oh, course, you're like three true. people run over. It's good community. Same with like the yeah. fish community. It's good, good people. Mm-hmm. They know when you're having a bad time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all about like positive vibes and like, yeah. good, good energies. Like I saw fish. This was when I saw them and the Chase Center. And there was a guy that just had the worst trip ever. He was sobbing, just sitting there in like the back seats, mm. sobbing. And his buddy did not leave him, like wrapped his arm around him, like holding on to him, doing his own thing, like enjoying the music. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is just straight up having the worst moment of his life. Yeah. But Okay. Self-reflecting, just yeah. What am I doing in this show right yeah. now? And like, just when you think everything's gone a little bit too crazy, like there's this another guy that was coming down. He was again just tripping off his ass, and he's down. He's like walking up and down the stairs. He's sitting in the seats. He's like really freaking out and looking around. <laughs> And then Trey rolls into everything's right. He's like, everything's right. So just hold tight. And this guy's like, everything is all right. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like gets it together. And then walks yeah. like, I give him a high five when he walked by. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hope everything's all right. You'd be vibing on the psychedelics so hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all in your head, bro. It's all in your nope. head. You're good, mm. bro. You're good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, you're see yeah, crazy Jesse's. People. Hold on. Hold on, bro. <laughs> crazy get, people doing crazy things. You'll get through. Mm-hmm. You'll get through. I mean, uh, I guess there's a couple. There's like one more, but technically two more. Okay. Hit me with it. Um, your best piece of advice someone's ever given you, oh. whether it be in, in any aspect of life. So this was this was my mom. Uh, it was after I moved to California. I was working at this job that was just really not suited for me and it was not very good and I had gone up it was actually the weekend of that beer party at Ale Apothecary I was up there and I'm getting these texts and these phone calls on a Sunday just like tearing me up yelling at me you need to be doing this you need to be doing that like it's my day off I had booked this vacation months beforehand like I'm, I'm gonna be out of town I'm going up to visit my family and I'm just absolutely miserable my mom looks at me and she's like how's this benefiting you like it's not. <clears throat> well, what's going to happen if you leave right now? Like, nothing. I'm just going to feel better. Then why aren't you leaving? Like, okay. And that's just been kind of my life mantra moving forward is like, how is this benefiting you? If it's not benefiting you, what's going to happen if you leave? And if nothing's going to happen when you leave, why aren't you leaving? 
Damn, I like that shit. Yeah. I feel like I've in a way embraced that without knowingly doing that in the yeah. wine industry. <laughs> it's like you, you gotta you gotta take stock of what's going on yeah. in your life and you know, is this benefiting me? Is it not? And if it's not, why are we here? Why why am I still here? Like, cause I don't know. No. It's time to either make things better in your situation or get out. Yeah. Yeah. Take inventory of uh, your life and mm-hmm. you know. What things are going well and sound like she came up with that during a mushroom trip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom is very straight laced. Very much straight laced. <laughs> I'm joking, joking, ma. You know, joking. It's a Lori joke right there. <laughs> that's, that's good advice, though. Yeah. I think for anyone that's listening. Then, uh, yeah, our, our personal favorite to wrap up with is uh, if you could see any guests on our podcast, who, who would you want to see? But you got to help us. Get them on this podcast. Oh man, I don't. I know so, some uh, yeah. people, but not a lot of people. Exactly, just like somebody we wouldn't have never encountered his journey. Mm. I mean, like I want to say you. something that's crazy, but like I want to say you guys should get Paul Stamets on here because I think Stamets would be interesting to hear anybody talk to. He's a fascinating mushroom <laughs> no. guy. Yeah. But um, as far as like industry folks or wine folks, I don't know. I'm I'm big into young people, just young people in wine. Any young people you can find in wine. I know a few that are in there that are just, you know, in the trenches, slanging yeah, it, yeah. trying to make it. We need, we need to share those stories because we need yeah. to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to hear because we need to bring more young people into this thing. I mean, yeah. Like you said earlier, they've been making this stuff since ancient Mesopotamia. Like we should yeah. still bring young people into it. It's not just your parents' thing. It's not just your parents' drink. Like it's... It's something everybody can enjoy, and it's yeah. beautiful in its own respect. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, I'm glad we got a couple people we can reach out to. Nate? Yeah, well, it's been good talking to you, Nate. It's oh, been a you. great time. This has been a Ripe of Wisdom, and follow us on Instagram at Ripe of Wisdom or Twitter or TikTok. Mm-hmm.